Hi, I'm Manika Raman-Wilms, and you're listening to The Decibel from The Globe and Mail. Roses are red, violets are blue. Do you know how your flowers got to you? Since it's Valentine's Day, you may be headed to a local store to pick up a fresh bouquet of flowers, maybe some red roses. But what you may not be thinking about is where those flowers came from. And it turns out, if you're buying them in Canada, there's a good chance that they came from Colombia. The South American country ships about 650 million flowers overseas for Valentine's Day. Two-thirds of those flowers are roses, and most of those end up in the U.S. and Canada. And it's just, it's just constant flights being filled, filled, filled. And these are, you know, cargo jets, 747s, full of just flowers. Yadar Guzman is a freelance photographer based in Bogota. He's here to tell us what he learned following the journey of these flowers, from how they start at a field of greenhouses in Colombia and end up at stores across Canada. This is The Decibel. Yadar, thanks so much for joining us today. Oh, no problem. Thanks for having me. So how is the Valentine's Day bouquet that that many of us will be buying here in Canada, how is that connected to Colombia? Well, I think the way things are now, I think it'd be hard to imagine Valentine's Day in Canada or the U.S. without Colombian flowers. I mean, most of the flowers really that that get to North America come from Colombia and from Ecuador. They're number two and number three exporters in the world now. And I guess in terms of money, uh, do we know how much... Like, how big is the flower export industry in Colombia? Like, how much profit is actually wrapped up in all of this? Uh, they're doing about one, one and a half billion dollars in exports. Most of that, again, to the U.S. So it, it's a huge industry. And, and to put that into perspective, I was looking actually this morning, when you compare that with coffee, which is synonymous with, with Colombia, they're exporting about $2.3 billion. So it's, it's right up there with, with, with coffee. So many of us might not be familiar with how our roses actually end up in, in stores in Canada. But you yourself have a sense of this now because you went to visit a greenhouse of one of the, the biggest flower exporting operations in Colombia. Can you tell us what was that greenhouse like and what was the experience like being there? Yeah, so I visited, it's called Elite Flower and it's, it is, they are the biggest exporter of, of flowers in Colombia. There's one photo in, in the article, it was kind of an aerial shot that you see. And in total, all the greenhouses are actually bigger than the town that it's in. So it's about an hour west of Bogota, in the savanna, the Bogota savanna it's called. So just the sheer size of, this, of the place, like, like, of the multiple greenhouses, it's, it's really, it's impressive. It's, I mean, I had no idea. I mean, I've been in greenhouses before, maybe like home hardware, but <laughs> nothing like this, nothing like this. It's huge. Okay, so when you're in that greenhouse, you're surrounded by millions of roses, I guess. What does it smell like in there? <laughs> well, first of all, you were in there, we're wearing our masks, right, because of COVID. So you don't really get a sense of the smell of the flowers. They're also not in full bloom just yet from what, what I saw. And the rose heads are covered in kind of this protective covering. So really what you, what you feel or what you, is like a bit of the humidity and kind of just damp you know, soil, but it's still nice. I mean, I, I liked being in there for sure. 
There are a bunch of pictures that that you did take also kind of, I guess, of the the processing of of all the flowers. And Mm -hmm. there's some really colorful roses in in those pictures. Can I ask about the range of of colors that you saw there? I was focused more on on Valentine's, which is traditionally the red, right? But even just in red roses, they had, you know, different varieties, not only in color, but the rose itself. It was super interesting is that each rose, each variety of rose has a name and is protected by intellectual property rights from whoever produces it. And they come from different countries. The rose that's considered the king of roses is called the freedom rose, which is from Germany. So, you know, if you were to imagine a, a rose in your head, right, that perfect red, the long straight stem, I think that's, that's probably the freedom rose. Was there a, a weirdest kind of rose that you saw, something that really didn't look like a, a rose to you or kind of a strange variation of the flower that was there? Yeah, there was one that looked like there was roses within roses. It's kind of hard to explain it. Like it was a huge, it was a larger kind of diameter and inside it looked, it almost looked like a mini bouquet. And then again, towards the end, we saw this kind of three-headed rose stems. So, like, I'm picturing three roses kind of together at the top of that stem? Is, is yeah. that what it looks like? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Huh. I don't know where you'd buy something like this. I've never seen them, but they're growing them. <laughs> Fascinating. Yeah. Fascinating. So when did these flowers start getting prepared in the lead-up to Valentine's Day? Like, how much preparation time do they actually need here? Uh, if there's anything that needs to be planted specifically for Valentine's Day, they told me that they plant them in October so that they're ready by the end of January. In January, I guess, is the big Valentine's Day rush. All the new employees are there. This is when they start pruning the rose bushes and the whole process just, I guess, accelerates. So how many people are employed in this industry, um, I guess, um, throughout the year? And then how does that change in the lead up to Valentine's Day? In Colombia as a whole, I believe it's about 140,000 people uh, employed throughout the year. At Elite, where we were, where we went into photograph it's 16,000 people annually and then that goes that shoots up to about 21 22,000 people I believe it is so they they hire you know several thousand more people and from what they explained to us is that they hire from kind of more conflict affected areas in the country and they bring people in for it so it'd be for Valentine's Day and Mother's Day and they told us they explained to us that the people that they bring in for these you know these short kind of temp contracts they're able to pay them enough that they're able to survive the entire year and i definitely saw more women in the in the packing houses but it was it was a huge range of ages working in there There was one picture, again, of, of the warehouse that you took that is fascinating because it's like kind of almost like an aerial view, but it's all of these people working um, in rows. It looks like they're doing different things. They've got different flowers kind of laid out on one side, and then the other side looks like they're packaging them. Can you just kind of walk us through how these flowers end up getting from the greenhouse in Colombia to, you know, the flower shop down the road from us here in Canada? Well, right from the start, I guess, when they, when they pick a rose, they cut it. They wrapped them in these green, kind of like a mesh material. They wrapped them in that, so they're these massive bouquets, and then they hang them from these lines that are kind of going up and down 
all the greenhouses. So it's, it forms almost like this train. And then another employee, another worker comes in. He's just hauling this train that goes from greenhouse to greenhouse, picking up all these bouquets. From there, it goes to the station where they inspect them for pest. So now they open all these bouquets and they literally inspect rows by rows for, for pests. And they're shaking them out to see if anything comes out. From there, it goes on to the, the tent where they pull them through again on these trains where they spray them with the pesticides. And then from there, it goes into another warehouse. And this is where the cold chain starts. Here, it's super busy. There's a lot of workers and they're pulling these bouquets off this train kind of system. And they're organizing by type and by color. So they're putting them on these like 20 foot tall rolling racks. And then from there, it moves into like the packaging area. Like that's where they, they dethorn. They measure the rows, how long it is how long the stem is, how straight the, the stem is, how large the head is. And then from there, they, they kind of sort what goes to a supermarket, what goes to a wholesaler. They build a bouquet and it goes in a conveyor belt into another room where they start packaging and boxing and everything. And then it's into trucks, into the airport. Wow, that's fascinating to hear. You mentioned a, like a, a cold storage system or something like that. What is that and why is that important for the flowers? Yeah, well, super important. They need to keep the temperature down to between one and three degrees you know from the moment that it enters kind of this packing facility the temperature is controlled from the packaging to the shipping even the all the trucks are temperature controlled the airplanes are temperature controlled it's all to to essentially keep the rows alive for as long as possible right so from the moment that they cut the rows off the bush they have a window of eight hours for that rose to be on a plane to miami oh wow yeah okay so this is to keep this flower as, as fresh as, as possible then, I guess. So eight hours is the max time. Exactly. Yeah. For it to get from the bush to on a plane to North America is eight hours. Let's, I guess, talk about the resources that are at play here. Because to grow this many roses, this many flowers, I guess, in general, that must take a lot of, a lot of resources. Like, do we have a sense of the kind of environmental impact here? The transportation component of it is, would definitely... Uh, have a huge environmental impact. So just an idea for all of Colombia, I think it's 13,000 truck deliveries from you know, the, various, the various greenhouses going to airports in, in Bogota and in, and in Medellin. They're just convoys of trucks just delivering flowers. And uh, you know, we had the opportunity to visit the airport here in Bogota to see the, the process there. And they're also working 24-7 you know, during this lead up to Valentine's Day. And it's just, it's just constant flights being filled, filled, filled. And these are, you know, cargo jets, 747s, full of just flowers. Full of flowers. Full of flowers. <laughs> so I, I think the number is uh, for a 747 fits 2 million flowers on each flight. And this is 650 cargo jets leaving from Bogota to Miami. Wow. So is that where most of these cargo flights of, of roses are landing? Yeah, most of the flights go to Miami, and then from there, they either get flown, you know, across the continent. And a lot of them, a lot of the ones that are coming to, to Canada enter through Toronto, and that's done overland. So that's all, you know, freezer trucks or, you know, temperature-controlled trucks that are coming all the way from Miami into Toronto overland. We've talked about how big the Colombian flower industry is. So I guess I just wonder, why is it that so many of our roses come from Colombia then? Why don't we grow them more locally here in Canada? Uh, well, I think the climate has a huge part of it. I mean, with, mm -hmm. you know, the stable climate that you get here in the Andes, 
12 hours of sunlight, you know, all year round, it's the perfect conditions to grow roses as opposed to, could you imagine trying to grow roses for Valentine's Day in, you know, in November, December in Toronto or, or wherever, <laughs> you know, it's before 1991. I think that was a bigger share of the market was Canadian and North American grown roses. And what was it about the early 90s, I guess, that made the industry kind of take off? There was a trade agreement between the U.S. and some South American countries, so Colombia, Ecuador, Peru, and Bolivia, where they lifted some duties or import taxes as a way to incentivize growers to move away from drug crops, so coca or or whatever else, and to move into more legitimate business. And the flowers were part of that. So they removed it. I think it was like a 6% tax. And that kind of, you know, more or less overnight created the flower industry here in South America. So, you know, that trade agreement was kind of a double-edged sword, really. I mean, it built the industry here in South America, but it destroyed the industry in North America. What's next for the flower industry in Colombia? Is it is it going to continue to grow, so to speak, <laughs> grow and, uh, and and flourish in the in the years ahead? I imagine so. Uh, I know that there are plans to expand. I believe that President Duque here a couple of years ago made a, an announcement that they had plans to double exports of flowers over the next decade. By then, yeah, they'd, it'd be on par with the coffee industry. So that's huge. You went on the inside. You're in these greenhouses. You're a photographer who's got an eye for detail, I would imagine. I have to ask, did you see a perfect rose or the closest thing possible to a perfect rose? Um, Yeah, I think so. I mean, I I was really drawn to that one rose that I photographed that I saw. It was just, it was huge. I've never seen a rose head so big. The head of logistics there was kind of joking that the the holy grail would be a thornless rose. Maybe that's (laughs) in the future. We'll see, but not yet. Yadr, thank you so much for taking the time to, to speak with us today. Absolutely. Thank you. That's it for today. I'm Manika Raman-Wilms. Our producers are Madeline White and Cheryl Sutherland. David Crosby edits the show. Kasia Mihailovich is our senior producer, and Angela Pachenza is our executive editor. Thanks to Yadar Guzman. You can check out his photos from this story on the Globe's website, tgam.ca. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll talk to you tomorrow.